Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bam. Mitch and Finley, high noon in the District of Columbia. Helping us make sense of everything going on from Chinatown to Old Town to Richmond is our friend Drew Wilder from NBC4. You can follow Drew on X and Instagram at Drew Wilder TV. Drew, what's up, dude? Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, always happy to join you guys. Busy day uh, on this arena project down in Richmond, that's for sure. I bet, man. <laughs> and, and so thank you for making time. Um, can we start with just just lay out all the facts where things are at? Right now. Right. I'll, I'll try to give you the, the uh, Reader's Digest version here. We sure. so we've got a bill that would, that's the, the first major hurdle. This has to pass Virginia's legislature and be signed by the governor before anything can really get going other than, you know, renderings and that high level talk that we've had for, well, I guess it was announced three months ago to the day, really. Uh, so for the last three months. So. Uh, there were two bills that were introduced, one in Virginia Senate, one in Virginia's House. The one in the Senate isn't going anywhere. It's too late. They're not moving forward on it. But the one in the House is moving forward. Coming up in the next hour, two hours probably, that bill is going to get its final vote in the House of Delegates. And the way Virginia's legislature works, basically one, uh, one of the chambers passes a bill, and then they have crossover day. Today is considered crossover day. Really, it's tomorrow. It's where they take the bills that pass out of either the House or the Senate. They walk it down the hall to the other chamber. And then the work on that bill effectively starts again uh, in the other chamber. So when this bill comes up for a final vote here in the next couple of hours, assuming that it passes, it would then move over to the Virginia Senate. They will work on it, discuss it, maybe. Uh, maybe make some changes, and then basically it goes back and forth until both chambers agree on the exact same language. If that happens and both chambers pass it, then it goes to the governor, and we know that he's going to sign it. So we expect, you know, the the next major hurdle to be probably cleared here in the next couple of hours. So that sounds like it's like a a thing in the works towards a, a, a finished thing or something that will possibly happen. The talk of things being dead and possibly not going positively, what's the the, uh, direction for that? What has to happen for those things to come about? Right. So, I mean, look, this this thing's not a done deal. Um, Although, you know, when you hear Ted talk about it, when you hear the governor of Virginia talk about it, it sure sounds like it's a done deal, but it's not. Um, Democrats control Virginia's General Assembly right now. It's not to say that they're not on board with it, but they are very clear that this arena project is the governor's priority. And the Democrats are very direct about, okay, well, we have priorities too. If you give us some of our priorities, we'll give you your arena, at least at the state level. Again, it could run into problems at the city level. We don't know. So right now, the bill that's being discussed basically sets up 
the what's being what's called the sports the Virginia Sports Authority. This is a new quasi government body that would take on the debt to finance the project, issue the bonds, and it would set up a board that would manage the the financing. It would also manage the the actual facility itself and all of the land in Potomac Yard. So this thing could go through the House and it could get to the Senate where some Democrats, uh, you know, leadership Democrats have been very outspoken against this project because Youngkin hasn't agreed even in terms of handshake to give them the priorities that they want. Those priorities uh, are a minimum wage increase in Virginia. They also want uh, Virginia to establish a actual working marketplace to begin the sale and distribution of legal recreational cannabis. And until the governor does that or agrees to do that, I'm not sure Democrats are going to give him this arena project that he so desperately wants. So, you know, the, the, the possibility of this dying is very real. And it's not to say that it would die in the next month. You know, uh, the latest version of this bill that will be voted on today had a kind of a late change to it. They added what's called a reenactment clause. Basically, this says, okay, assume this bill passes, everything's fine and well. The Virginia General Assembly needs to come back in one year if this passes, and we then effectively pass it again. There wouldn't really be any changes to it, but it gives Democrats a kill switch. I mean, they've got a button in their hand to hang on to for one year. So if everything passes and the governor signs the arena bill, but he doesn't give Democrats their uh, recreational marijuana or their minimum wage increase or whatever else, they could pull the plug a year from now. So there's a lot still in limbo on this. Uh, You know, yeah, we'll get a decision today, but, you know, the vote today should not be considered uh, anything, anything near final. So hold on, Drew. They're they're putting legalized weed into the stadium deal? Not into the stadium. If you bill, want us to give you that, you got to give us something. Exactly. I mean, this is politics, baby. This is the oh, way yeah. Washington works. This is the way state government works. You know, look, I, I think at the end of the day, most Democrats and most Republicans in Virginia's legislature are on board with this to a, to a degree. I mean, they see this as, yes, major financial risk uh, to taxpayers, you know, taking on $2 billion in debt is is no small debt for uh, for anybody, not even a state government, right? So they see a lot of risk here, but they do see the upside. I mean, we know that it's going to bring money into Virginia. It's going to bring money into Alexandria uh, to some extent. Of course, lawmakers want new tax revenue, right? Um, but if they don't get what they want, they're not going to be so eager to uh, to acquiesce Yunkin, uh, you know, to, to get his priority done. So while they're not in the same bill, I mean, they're they're uh, adjacent. Let's say that they're they're mildly contingent on each other. Jeff, does this project have more of your support now that they're trying to get weed into Virginia with the stadium? I don't want it to go to Virginia, even with weed. Yeah, I don't want to go to Virginia. I want to stay in D.C. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, So, Drew, what, like, so there's a vote today in a couple hours, and if you're busy and need to run, we understand that. Um, But then it seems like they could almost just re-rack this thing next month or next year, and and 
whatever people are saying today doesn't mean anything final yet. It doesn't. But I think what it could do is it could maybe finally peel back the curtain a little bit and let us actually get a sense of what a larger pool of Virginia's lawmakers are thinking. So, you know, we had some fiery rhetoric from uh, Senate Democrats about where they're at, but there has not been a single moment of actual political public debate about any of this. And that was the entire reason why, according to lawmakers, why they introduced these bills in both chambers. Okay, then it's going to have to go through the political process. That way we can ask questions. We can get it out in front of the public. They haven't done any of that. They've had a couple of uh, hearings on the House bill that have moved through a committee level and then up now into the full House and have to you know, pass a couple of steps along each way. There hasn't been a single lawmaker who has asked a single question about this bill that hands over $2 billion worth of money and taxpayers take on the debt. So maybe today, I I think just as a a person who values democracy, not as anybody weighing in on, on, you know, whether this is a good idea or bad idea, like, come on, like debate this. Let's, let's have some conversations. Show us where you're at. Do you have any concern? We don't know. We haven't heard from any of these politicians. So today, you know, the, the chips are kind of down, at least in Virginia's House of Delegates, where there will be an electronic recorded vote. We'll see the split of the vote. We'll get the names of who voted what. And maybe, maybe we'll hear a little bit of debate and hear how one party or the other or the representatives of that specific area are feeling about this. So that might kind of paint the picture moving forward. But to answer your question directly, no, this isn't a, a final thing, but it is a major hurdle that has to happen before this thing moves forward. And you said that they, it could get through the House and then it could become a problem at the city level as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so that's that's kind of the, the multiple-pronged approach here, right? It's got to get through Virginia's General Assembly. The governor has to sign it. We know he will if it gets through the General Assembly. But then it goes to the city level, right, because the city's taking on massive amount of debt for this as well. And the city has to approve a ton of uh, layers to this because, obviously, this is going to very directly impact the people who live in Alexandria, whether it's traffic, whether it's, uh, you know, there's been concerns about quality of life. Do we want an arena here? Like, is it, does it make sense here? So those are, those are issues that the city is going to have to take up. And look, you know, backtrack uh, three months ago to that day that we saw Virginia's governor, Ted Leonsis, and everybody standing on that stage in Potomac Yard making this announcement. I mean, just over their shoulder was every single member of Alexandria City Council and the mayor. Right. So they're at least on board to that level. Now, they've got a lot of work to do. So we don't know that they're 100 percent on board, at least every single one of them. But I think it said something that they were all sitting up there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of work to do. We're we're not going to get an absolute finite answer. Yes or no. Is this happening for I mean, I guess really a year at, at least. But I think today is a big moment in this and it will let us see what people, what some politicians are, are thinking about it and, and maybe help 
you know, kind of clear up the road ahead and where we might be going? Are, are there other hurdles that we haven't heard about that, that could come up in this process? And then that could be a question maybe for lawmakers, mm-hmm. maybe for the people who live in Alexandria, the people who live in D.C., or maybe they're questions for Monumental. You know, if there are some significant changes to this deal that, you know, maybe change the financing in some way or something to that effect, is Monumental still on board? We don't know. We're going to have to see. Yeah, cause I know I, I have a lot of friends over there at that area, and uh, I'm talking about money makers too. They don't like it, and they were kind of sidetracked by how it all went to, went to uh, out there like it was a done deal. So when they get back to that city level, you know, politicians they they like to get their pockets lined. So we'll see how it goes then too. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out the the mayor of Alexandria, who has, you know, for the most part, I, I don't want to, of course, speak for him, but for the, for the most part, he's on board with this. He thinks there's, you know, a lot of things they've got to work on and clear up. There's a lot of work still to be done, but but generally he's on board with it. Well, he's not running for re-election. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, major, uh, major contentious political things always tend to hinge a little bit on, uh, hey, is this uh, lawmaker running for re-election? If they vote yes or no on a particular item, regardless of what it is, is that going to help or hurt them in the next election? I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, they're holding uh, Alexandria taxpayers, you know, their uh, livelihood and future in the balance based on an election. But we know that that's a thing that politicians consider. So, yeah, we'll see. How much does uh, how much does Yunkin need a win? After like I mean, the that, FBI yeah. and everything, it seems like the Amazon thing, which was so celebrated, they're kind of backing off a little bit. How important is this yeah, to Glenn? I, I mean, it, it, it's huge, and that's a great question, JP. I, I don't think that can be overstated. Uh, you know, I I did an interview kind of early on uh, in this process, shortly after the announcement, and, and I, off the top of my head, I forget who I was even talking to, but they made this comment that just kind of the words of it stuck in my head. That they said uh, governors love to try to bring arenas to places because it's big, it's sexy, it's fun, it's jobs, right? And right. governors and it, the executive level politicians, presidents, whatever, jobs, 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 right? And if it's big and it's sexy, man, that's a huge win. And you're 100% right. Losing the FBI headquarters politically was not great. Um, and, you know, there's been a couple of other losses along the way. I mean, when Yunkin was running, there was all this talk about how he was going to clean up this mess in K through 12 education. Well, that mess didn't exist, really. I mean, yep. yeah, at least not in the <laughs> tangible way that he pitched it. So, yeah, he really needs a win politically. But in Virginia, governors cannot run for reelection at least in consecutive terms. They could take some time that off and run again maybe a few years later. So, you know, something like this isn't a, you know, isn't so political for the governor of Virginia because it's not like they can even appear on the ballot for the next election. But he still needs this win because we know full and well that people who are governor in Virginia tend to have higher political aspirations. Yep. Both of Virginia's senators are past governors. We, one of them uh, ran for vice president recently. We, we know that those aspirations are out there. So, you know, Youngkin hasn't said that he has those aspirations. He also said that he hasn't. Yeah, so, uh, sure. yeah, this matters a lot to Glenn Youngkin. Well, I know one thing that would help Governor Youngkin is we have repeatedly offered and requested if he wants to come on our show weekly and make football picks. I think <laughs> I want him to know that he's welcome to do that 
There are other governors in the area that enjoy the time here. Um, dude, I, I'm switching. <laughs> I'm switching gears on you real quick. Um, you covered this thing. I think it was last month about casinos going into Fairfax County. Where, where yep, is Tyson's that? Tyson's Corner. Is it, you put a casino in Tyson's? Uh, holy moly, that bridge traffic. But uh, it'd be fun too. Where, where are we at with casinos coming to Fairfax? Uh, we are on pause for at least a year. So that bill, um, you know, it, and it had come up before. And this is, you know, a, a similar and, and in, in a couple of ways, uh, just a very limited couple of ways to talk about an arena deal. Because when you're talking about something that massive, you know, the, the benefit, the obvious benefit you can argue is new tax money coming in. And that was essentially the argument in support of a, of a casino in Tyson. There was a study done like five years ago that said Virginians are spending about $150 million a year over at MGM National Harbor. And Virginia's lawmakers are like, uh, hey, would sure be great if we could just keep yep. that $150 million on this side of the Potomac. So the bill came up, uh, was a little bit contentious at the political level, very contentious, you know, at the local neighborhood level. Um, and basically the, uh, the Virginia Senate in a subcommittee said, okay, let's press pause on this. Let's do an updated financial impact study and we'll revisit this again in a year. So there's going to be a study. There's this uh, nonpartisan uh, audit commission that handles these types of studies uh, for Virginia's general assembly they're going to take a look at that and very specifically look at what the impact to Tyson's and Fairfax County at large and to the Commonwealth even larger, what the implications of possible casino could be. And then once that study is done, it'll go before Virginia's General Assembly again next year. So uh, no action on that for now, uh, but we'll be talking about it again in, uh, in about 11 months. Talking with our boy Drew Wilder here. Of course, you can watch him on NBC4. Follow him on X and Instagram at Drew Wilder TV. Let's let's get your gut here. Um, I don't think there's ever going to be a casino in Tyson's. Do you do you think there will? I I mean I I don't I, I would don't say so. I don't know I I don't just because of the way that the local lawmakers talked about it, right? So the way this bill was written, of course, it could change uh, because it would have to be reintroduced and reworked. The, the way the bill was written is that it would basically be a, a ballot referendum. If it passes at the state level, if it passes the, the county board of supervisors, it would then go on a ballot at an election and Fairfax County voters would say yes or no, we would like a casino in Tyson's. There Fair, was Fairfax County voters going to say no. The county, from they the said county that that, officials they said that, that uh, railway wouldn't go through there either. Right. Well, at one exactly. point. So, uh, the you, Silver you know, Line? When, yes, it's, it's going right true. through there, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, all right, so and we'll then see. last one, your gut feel, do the Wiz and Caps end up in Alexandria? Man, I'm not in the business of, of making these types of guesses. I think that it, it at least gets through the state level. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I feel good that it ultimately happens, like, like that it will probably happen. There's just so much that still needs to be worked on. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many opportunities for it to trip up. But it seems like the majority of Virginia's legislature wants to get this done, at least get it out of their hands and down to the city level. 
We're going to have to see. I, I'm leaning yes, but that's a very, very reserved yes. Uh, a very slight lean. All right, Drew. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Great work down appreciate in Richmond. You, Drew. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. That is our guy, Drew Wilder. Give him a follow on X, Instagram, at Drew Wilder TV. Let's go around the room. Is this thing going to happen? And then let's take a, a quick glimpse at the local sports scene beyond stadium construction because it's uh, kind of bleak. Not that good. Don't go anywhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Shout out to a very well-dressed hockey announcer for checking in and and listening to the program. Um, B, I'm not sure I want to do this, but I think we should do this. Um... At 1 o'clock, Nikki Jabal is going to join us. We're going to run through all of the commander's coaching staff hires because they're really starting to fill this roster out. Um, my guess is, and actually, I actually haven't reached out to anybody on this. This is a guess, is that they will have an official kind of press release on all the new staff, maybe as soon as the end of this week. Um, you know, if you go to the website right now, they're probably not listing everybody. There's probably some folks on there that that no longer are. Um, like, they still have Nate Katzer on there. We know that that's going to be Larry Izzo. They still have Juan Castillo on there. We know he's no longer with the team. Yeah, Todd Storm's still on RJ there. RJ going to Titans. I know that. What's that? Randy Jordan going to the Titans. Good. Uh, Randy's – I mean, I'll say this of Katzer and Randy Jordan – the only two guys that made it through the Gruden administration, through the Rivera administration – uh, both are absolute class acts, yeah. true pros, great guys. Um, and on some level, you get to know these people, and you don't just view them as coaches with statistics attached, and mm-hmm. you just hope the best for them. Like, I know I know their wives and children. Like, they're great families, great yeah. people. Um, we're going to run through all that at, at 1 o'clock with Nikki. Um, but B, like, football in Washington, actual games, has been over for well over a month. But then there was the intrigue of the new GM. Okay, they got him. It's Adam Peters. Then yeah. it's, well, what about the coach, Dan Quinn? Okay, they got him. Uh, what about the coordinators? Okay, they got them. Witt, Kingsbury. At some point, and I fear it's today, we need to take a look at what else is going on. Um, So the two headliners in D.C. that are playing right now are the Caps and the Wiz. Yeah. Um. The Caps, we kind of went into it knowing they could have an uneven season, but you had the allure of Ovi chasing the record. Um, And I'd say right now, it's been kind of an uneven season, and Ovi started slow, has gotten hot lately. Yeah, I think the Caps were probably a little bit worse than we expected slash hoped, but but I don't think anybody's necessarily shot. They missed the playoffs last year. They're on the outside looking in this year. And if you could... Add on to that, they were hoping Backstrom could come back. Finally, they realize he's on, like, permanent medical leave, whatever the situation is, right? Indefinite. Right. Um, then you add this koozie thing, and, and from a personal standpoint, you just hope he's okay, yeah. whatever he's dealing with. But, like, 
Is anybody shocked by the Caps' performance thus far? No. I think they're, I think they're fifth out on the wild card from a straight points perspective. They, can, I mean, they have fifty-four points. The wild card's at sixty. You know, it's only a six-point difference, but you gotta climb uphill. Yeah, and the consistency hasn't been enough to us to have a, the faith that it can happen right now. Agreed. Now, the Washington Wizards are also playing hoops right now. Yes. Um, I'm saying I, yes to your question. I mean, you're correct. I, I'll say this. The Wiz have really struggled the past couple of seasons when they were still at least trying to tell us they were going for the playoffs, even though it was largely meaningless. Mm-hmm. I prefer this Wiz season at 9-44 and 44 when we know, obviously, what they're trying to do than to the last couple of years where they were like, you know, 18 and... So they were close? Yeah. I, they are losing. They are struggling. But they're supposed to be. They traded away Gafford. Gafford looks awesome in Dallas. He's also playing with Luka. Like, that yeah. helps. <laughs> um, I, the other thing, I, I probably watch more Wiz games than people realize, but they've also played better hoops since the coaching change. And, and I recognize what Unseld's name, legacy, all that means in D.C., but I think, he, I think Keefe has been playing the young guys better, more, I think you see Bilal and Denny and Kispert. Like, I think the Wiz are a long way away, a very long way away. Yeah. But I'm okay with this Wiz season. We all said this is what we wanted. We're getting we wanted to rebuild, but I think ultimately, I understand we're in D.C. Okay? That's something, too. That lure, is that going to be there? Because you you can't just say, oh, we were trying to build. You have to show something for guys. Because when they were in their prime, it wasn't like a lure for the top-notch guys. Sure. So the top, one of the top guys in the league from here didn't even interview with them. Like, refused. So, uh, I mean, like, w- w- there's going to have to be a certain change in that whole little aspect and mentality of that team I for th- people to look at it and say, got to go there. I totally agree. I think you got to draft well. Yeah. I, I think – I mean, right now, the Wiz, I think, now it's the lottery, so who knows, but the Wiz are 9-44, and 44, the Pistons are 8-44. and 44. Is there anybody out west with a worse record? No. So the Wiz right now would have the second worst record in the NBA, so the second most lottery balls. I think for the Wiz rebuild to work, you got to draft well. Mm-hmm. And then you can perhaps add stars. But if you look around the NBA now, a lot more of these teams, like the days of LeBron and KD and all these guys moving around team to team, like most of these teams are homegrown now. Like if you look at OKC, the Nuggets, the Celtics, it, it the there has been a shift. Like uh, the Bucks, I, I know they pulled off some trades this year, but there's been a shift from the Elite superstars going to form super teams to teams that have drafted well and building in in turn. It's mostly elite. I mean, it mostly changed, but still, guys are looking for that opportunity. Like, sure, Dame didn't go, didn't want to go to Milwaukee just because. Right, right, right. He went there because there's somebody out there he know he can win with. He's not a big fan of spotted yeah, cow. A lot of other guys are going to be um, looking for that opportunity too. And what I always am concerned about is, are we ever the area? Or the team that they look at like that. So we we could talk about Koulibaly and all these other guys. 
ultimately, <laughs> one of them going to have to become like a name like a Giannis. Yeah. Or Steph. And if they are not of that level, we're not going to be attracting the people that we want to be able to do the things we want to do. Yeah. I know the GM and all came from that 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 facility, that franchise. But he has to look at the history of this one. When they were Le Boulet. Comp- competing and all, what, 40, what was the most wins we got, 44, 50? They, they, they don't have 50 wins, I think, ever, or at least in my lifetime. I was born in so, 1981. So, but when it was happening and you had Gil and, and, uh, and, and Antoine and, you know, uh, Tough Juice, when all those guys, still, the other guys were like, yeah, I got to go over there and play with them. Right. So it is something going on that has to change. And, hell, you got, you're in D.C. You had a nice-ass facility right downtown. You had some players that were balling, but the guys were not coming here. So what is it that's making them go the other way? Don't know. The the one thing that's tough for me, watching the Wiz embrace the rebuild and, and trying to build it up the right way, last year you had a a, a true goal with that number. The whole world knew when Benyama was coming. Yeah. I just pulled this up. I'll, for the whole room, aquarium included, can anybody name a projected top five NBA pick in the 2024 draft? This year? This this year coming. Baycott may be one of the guys. What's his name? Rob Dillingham? Baycott's been in college like eight years. Armando Baycott. Baycott. Whatever his name is. I'm looking at, at Tankathon. All right? So I'm just using this. Who'd you say? Rod? Rob Dillingham? He's He's not coming out this year? The guard for Kentucky? They've got him at 12th. The 12th Ooh. pick. Lampville, you got one? Yeah. Uh, first off, the last time the Wizards won 50 games in a season was 78-79. That's before I was born. That was, was uh, when they won the finals. I was 10. Uh, or, I'm sorry, they lost the finals that year. Um, and uh, Jones. Jones is going to be top five pick. What's Jones's first name? Uh, Jones, is a, he just goes by Jones. Just Jones. Yeah. What school did he go to? You know, I think he was Jonesville. One, I think he's one of those guys that didn't actually go to school. He like skipping it. He's like, he's like skipping. What the school. hell are you talking about? <laughs> All right, you ready for the projected top five from Tankathon? Yeah, Jones, number one. Not Jones. Um, and listen, I'm going to apologize up front for anybody I may mispronounce. Uh, the number one overall pick to the Detroit Pistons, Alexandre Sar. A seven foot one, two, seven one two seventeen. That is skinny. He is skinny as hell. A a power forward center from Perth. Power like, forward, seven feet two seventeen. He is a straw. Yeah. Um, number two, your Washington Wizards on the clock. B. Who they picking? Anybody got a suggestion? Somebody from uh, some some is gonna be an international. We cannot take him. We can't do that again. What do you, you What do you got against my man? We can't just keep taking European dudes. Like we got to take somebody who who can actually play the game. I with, just want a guy who went to Duke. With the second overall pick, the Washington Wizards select Nikola Topic, six foot six, two hundred pounds, point guard from Red Star. Red Star. I just looked up briefly. Is in Serbia. Um, oh, is this? That might be partisan Belgrade, which I, I think I, I attended their stadium to see ACDC. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, you, you are you going to get a topic jersey? Hot topic? Man, I'm not getting. I'm not getting the Wizards jersey till we at least touch the playoffs, bro. I I I also want to be. How would you pronounce this, B Mitch? T O P I C, but the C has like a accent on it. Topeak. Topeak. What do you got, Jeff? That don't make the little C H sound. Topic. Topic. Yeah. Topic sounds fairly. Balkan. I go with that. Lefville, are you on Topich? Yeah, I would go with Topich, Topich, something like that. All right, so the first American they got drafted, number three, they've got the Spurs taking Zachary Rissiker from Borg. Maybe that's Germany. Uh, number four, they've got the Hornets taking Jacoby Walter out of Baylor. Five, Cody Williams, a forward out of Colorado. Um, Where's Jones? <laughs> I, I don't see anybody named Jones, Landfill. I apologize. Uh, he's in the second round, Dylan Jones, Weber State. This guy I was thinking of. I thought he was going to have a better year. I'm sure that's who you were thinking it was, of. That was who I was thinking or of. Or that you just threw out the world's most generic last name and you found somebody <laughs> that it fit with. Nah, come on, man. Um, but listen, the Wiz are struggling. We knew they were going to be. That was the plan. The Caps aren't performing to what people hoped. Wasn't the plan, but also not a shock. Surely, in an in a basketball hotbed area like the DMV. I know. We got some college hoops to look forward to, right? We'll check out the locals when we come back. One of the elite tracks of all time right here. Jeff, could you play this in the club? Like a brunch party? Depends on what brunch you go to. Um, I'm now looking at Nikola Topic highlights. You know who I'd like to book? Landfill, see if you can book this person. Um... John Auville, he's an NBA draft scout, specializes in international players. Mm -hmm. Um, He was all over Bilal Koulibaly. I think his Twitter handle is Money Metal Cakes. See if we we can get him booked. Just see what I I can do. Money Metal Cakes work here. Yeah, John Auville. (laughs) And listen, he was right about Koulibaly. I I need Cakes' take on Nikola Topic. Cakes' take. Cakes' take. Cakes' draft take. Presented by... Even my boys are hitting me with this birthday. I'm going to have to beat you up. Because it's your birthday, B. Hey, Kendrick uh, Golston hit me. Yeah, Ken. Good. B-Mitch the, hit me. Because you hit him. hit me. Come on. Hey, we want you to beat up JP. Happy birthday. Well, I, I don't enjoy it as much in that capacity. Um, so we talked about the Caps and the Wiz not having the seasons anybody wanted. Um, honestly, but this is the, this is the season the Wiz was supposed to have, and it's kind of the season I think the Caps were going to have, which sucks, but it's just reality. But as we get into mid-February, I think Selection Sunday is only a month out. Surely, we got some college hoops to look forward to, Landini. I start with my alma mater, my Maryland Terrapins, who I love and know a lot about the program. Just don't talk about them all that often because they're losing. B, they're 13-11, and 5-8 mm-hmm. in Big Ten play. I, uh... I mean, not only are they not making the tournament, I don't know that they make the NIT. That's bad. It's bad. Real bad. Yeah. And, dude, this is the second year. And Landfill year. trying to get the Wiz to draft Duke players. Yeah, what the hell, Landfill? Landfill, how do you feel about my Maryland Terrapins going 13-11 and 11 so far? Oh, that's just awful. I feel uh, <laughs> I feel real bad. He doesn't, for... sound, he doesn't sound like he's since 
sincere at all. For all Marylandites, whatever the hell you call yourselves, it's just I'm just all beaten up. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna need to take a minute. The good you news, know? the good news, landfill. I spent a stupid amount of money on a graduate degree from another university here in town, um, <laughs> Georgetown University. Um, now, surely they just hired a new coach. He was supposed to, he was the talk of the East Coast, upset all the people in Rhode Island, all all uh, eleven of them, to come down to Georgetown, start coaching the Hoyas. Uh, mm-hmm. Now this is a rebuild year there. I get it, but are you aware how poorly it's going over on the hilltop? Uh, yeah. Are you? Yeah, man. I, I watch TV. I look at the news. Okay, they've played twelve Big East conference games. Twelve? Twelve. Over under All right, twelve. Over under four and a half Big East wins. When you ask those questions, under. Yeah, it's gotta be under. They're one and eleven in conference play. And no, JP is so you your questions are just playing. You, when you ask them, we know the answer. The only team they've beaten in Big East play is DePaul, who's 0 and twelve in Big East play. They've lost eight in a row. And Ed Cooley just had this thing where somebody was like, try some somebody was chirping him in the stands. I kind of like this from Ed Cooley. Some dude was like, "Hey, coach, that's uh, you know three million bucks per win. You've only got eight wins." And apparently Cooley looked at him and said, "Yeah, that's right. I'm rich as a father ducker," which I think is kind of awesome. Kind of awesome, but you know what? Somebody's gonna find that and they're gonna mess with him, hold him against it. So you know, sometimes as a coach, you gotta you gotta show the. Same class you want your players to show. Sure. Uh, Quasi-local UVA is doing well. If I was a coach, I probably would do exactly what he's doing. Oh, I bet you would. But I'm just saying, I've been working in this media thing for 30-plus years, and I know how we'll love it, and then somebody grab it, and then all of a sudden, that's the reason you got got out of here. Remember Jim Calhoun went after that reporter that asked him about how much money he made, and he's like, I'm not giving a cent back. Um, I wouldn't. Why? You're doing your job. Right. All right. Uh, Quasi-local UVA. Doing quite well, uh, nineteen and five overall, ten and three in the ACC. Still boring hoops, but they're winning. Um, Virginia Tech, the Hokies, thirteen and ten, five and seven in ACC play. They've lost three in a row. Um, what about what about like GW or Mason? I think GW Mason might be doing okay. Mason sixteen and eight, but they're only five and six in conference. GW fourteen and nine, three and seven in conference. Mm. Um, that's all I got. I can tell you their records. Ho- hopefully, I think Mason has Tony Skin coaching them. They play tonight, by the way. Mason plays GW. Yeah. Who are we rooting for? State your pick right now. Where is it, Mason? It looks like it's in Mason in Fairfax. Right down the street from my crib, son. I was impressed by the Mason I'm, Arena. I'm, I'm champion Scott Jackson's son's school, man. That's Bill Rowland versus Byron Kerr. Who are we going to pick? Is that the Colonials versus the Colonials? No, the Patriots. Mason's the Patriots? Hmm. You just like to just throw them out there. You knew that? Yes. Jeff, did you know that? No. Thank you. Know, you. I just, we, I just know them by school. We don't expect Jeff to, Jeff to know. What is that supposed to be? Yeah, I know what is Georgetown is the Hoyas. Yeah, we don't expect Jeff to know Spain's a country. They are a super, super popular school, been popular forever. But I did not think you would know that. They're, they're I know UL Mason. is the raging Cajun. Because you hear us talking about it all the damn time. <laughs> Jeff, who you got tonight? GW versus Mason. I'm going with Mason. 
Only because my boy the DJ down there, so I got to support the guys. I'm going with Mason because Jeff's boy's the DJ. I think that's also Grant versus Danny, if I'm correct. Ooh, really? Yeah. Uh-oh. We got to get some fights. I, I enjoyed my time at Eagle Bank Arena two weeks ago. Um, that's a nice little arena they yes. got. Cool. Shout out to Paw Patrol Live. Um, AU. AU. Is third in the Patriot League. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Simpkins coaching the American. Are they the Patriots? They're the Eagles. AU Eagles. DA is going to be real mad at me for, if I mess that up. Jeff, look up what AU is. I'm pretty sure it's but the Eagles. Y'all, my, my, my boy's son used to go there way back. I have confirmed that GW versus George Mason is Grant versus Danny. Oh, so Ooh. we got GW versus George Mason after us? Okay. Blood feud. Yeah. Um, good news AU is in third place in the Patriot League. Bad news is. Colgate looks like they're running away with that thing. Colgate yeah, Eagles. Thank you. Colgate's 11 and 1. AU's 7 and 5. Who are you going for, JV? You and uh you and DA got something to do tonight too. So who are you going for? What? I'm trying to get you to get beat up. I'm I'm rooting for AU. I drive by <laughs> I drive past American University 8 times a day. Um 8 times a day. Well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Bro, I should pack my clothes when I have to go to 4, but I don't and I drive home and I change and then I drive back to 4. Uh Navy, quasi-local, not having a great year. They're 8-15. and 15. Um, Loyola, Baltimore, not having a great year. They're 5-20. and 20. Uh, Jeff, give me a Nats win total. Maybe the Nats are going to save us. Maybe the Nats are going to come out and win 88 games, B. Are you counting on that? No. You know who will? The Baltimore Orioles. Nikki Javala joins us next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.